48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The government freezes the assets of media mogul Jimmy Lai using Article 43 of the National Security Law. A mainland man is sent to jail for more than six years for stabbing a 19-year-old student in a row over a Lennon wall. And the long-awaited travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore looks set to be delayed again. The government has frozen media tycoon Jimmy Lai's personal assets using new powers available to authorities under the Beijing-imposed national security law for the first time. Richard Pine has details. Jimmy Lai is facing three security-related charges and is already serving a 14-month sentence after being convicted of taking part in unauthorised assemblies in August 2019. In a statement, the Security Bureau says Lai's shares of Next Digital Limited, the parent company of the Apple Daily newspaper he founded, as well as property in local banks of three companies owned by him, were being frozen under Article 43 of the National Security Law. The Apple Daily newspaper says Lai holds 71% of Next Digital's shares. The Security Bureau hasn't given any further details about the value of the assets frozen, but says the notice directs that relevant persons and organizations must not directly or indirectly deal with certain property, which is reasonably suspected to be related to offenses endangering national security. The Bureau says the Secretary for Security has the power under the national security law to order police officers to seize property if he suspects it may be removed from the SAR. A mainlander has been sentenced to six years and four months in prison after he admitted to stabbing and slashing a 19-year-old student at the Taipo Lennon Tunnel two years ago. Joanne Wong has details. Guangxi native Liu Guosheng was originally charged with attempted murder, but ultimately pleaded guilty to wounding with intent for the attack on October 19th, 2019. High Court Judge Andrew Chan had heard that Liu had come to Hong Kong on the day before. The attack happened after the man was confronted for tearing down political posters that adorned the walls of an underpass near Taipo MTR station. The court heard that Liu left the Lennon Tunnel, but claiming he couldn't stand someone destroying Hong Kong, he took out a knife and returned to the underpass. He slit the neck of his teenage victim, who had been handing out protest-related leaflets. Liu also knifed the 19-year-old in the stomach, causing his guts to spill out. Hong Kong belongs to China, you bunch are messing up Hong Kong, Liu shouted as he escaped. He got into a taxi and asked the driver to take him to Lo Wu so he would be safe. But the taxi driver instead took Liu to a police station where he turned himself in. In mitigation, the defense said Liu, who described himself as a patriot, had carried the knife because he felt unsafe. He said when he arrived in Hong Kong, those around him held vastly different views, and he felt as if he was surrounded by gangs of wolves. But this was dismissed during sentencing by the judge, who said the defendant had planned to commit the crime as he purchased the knife after he arrived in Hong Kong. The judge said the victim's life has been destroyed. He suffered from serious psychological distress and had tried to kill himself several times. The government says there's a high chance the planned launch of a long-delayed travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore on the 26th of this month will be pushed back, this time due to a spike in infections there. A final decision will be made early next week. Commerce and Economic Development Chief Edward Yao says Singapore's Transport Minister Ong Ye Kung told him the Lion City is grappling with a surge in COVID-19 cases. 
He shared with me that, well, there are additional measures to be taken by the Singapore government for us to curb the uh, recent increase. But uh, we have also agreed earlier a mechanism on which uh, we will sort of uh, start uh, or resume or suspend uh, the bilateral travelling. Singapore uh, minister told me that, well, there might be a high chance that the bubble arrangement may not be able to be resumed under the agreed mechanism as we scheduled on uh, May 26. The chairman of the Travel Industry Council, Jason Wong, believes if the travel bubble fails to take off, a refund policy will be in place for those affected. From the first month, uh, most of the bookings are business travellers or, or, or travellers uh, going to Singapore to visit friends or relatives. Uh, for group travel, perhaps it might only be able to organise after the uh, extra flight is being organised after June. We may need to wait for the final decision next week whether the, the bubble arrangement will be postponed and then uh, perhaps arrange the uh, refund or, or postponed policy for the travellers. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The government has announced tighter anti-epidemic measures for people flying in from Taiwan after a spate of COVID-19 cases there. The island today reported a record rise in domestic infections with 29 new cases, many of them linked to an outbreak in Taipei's Wanhua district. Instead of home quarantine, arrivals from Taiwan will have to stay at a designated quarantine hotel for two weeks. Damon Pang has more. Health Secretary Sophia Chan told a logical meeting that the new arrangement will be implemented in a day or two after it has been gazetted. She said the new requirement is aimed at reducing the chance of coronavirus entering the local community. Currently, travellers from Taiwan have to get tested on the 12th day of their home quarantine. Under new rules, they'll have to get tested three times during their stay at designated hotels and must undergo another two tests, 16 and 19 days after their arrival. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quat asked whether the government would track down nearly 500 people who arrived from Taiwan in the past month. Ms Quat said if these people were carrying COVID, they might have been asymptomatic during the incubation period. Professor Chan said in response that the arrivals would have tested negative at the airport before they were allowed into the community. Infectious disease experts have said it's important to further step up virus control measures and plug all loopholes at quarantine hotels to prevent the spread of mutant strains of the coronavirus which are circulating around the world. Wendy Wong with that story. The government has recently announced that more COVID tests will be carried out on returnees put under quarantine and test samples must be taken by qualified nurses. Respiratory medicine specialist Dr. Leung Chi Chiu welcomed the new requirements, but said all sampling should be done inside people's rooms. We need to improve the environmental control measures in the hotels so that the sampling can be done in a safer environment. For example, we need to improve, I think, the air change inside the little corridors in the hotels, and the sampling should be done inside the hotel rooms rather than in the corridor. Dr. Joseph Zhang from the Medical Association added that different testing firms could be deployed to carry out the tests to ensure better accuracy. His comments came after it was revealed that private laboratory BGI had several testing blunders over the past few weeks, including the failure to detect a patient infected with a highly infectious mutant strain. 
As multiple tests will be done on the returnees, different testing firms can be used to test the returnees at different times. As different firms use different testing agents and methods, they may complement each other to catch the mutated virus, Dr. Deng said. Evidence has shown that a man who flew in from Dubai in March contracted a coronavirus variant at a quarantine hotel in Chimsachoi, leading to a cluster of infections in the community. New People's Party lawmaker Regina Yip has accused Health Secretary Sophia Chan of lacking common sense over whether or not Hong Kong should donate unused COVID-19 vaccines to other places, such as India. Damon Pang reports. During a LegCo meeting, Regina Ip said given the relatively low vaccination take-up rate in the SAR, officials should consider donating some doses, which are nearing expiry, to countries in need. Sophia Chan said in reply that the government would liaise with the World Health Organization to see whether there's a donation mechanism in place. But the new People's Party chairwoman was not happy and responded by asking the health minister to use her common sense. You know, it's really a matter of judgment call. Do you have to consult WHO on every issue which comes within your your own jurisdiction? The executive councillor also asked the government whether it would consider providing economic incentives to boost the SAR's vaccination rate, citing as an example a lottery for those who have had a jab in the U.S. state of Ohio with one million U.S. dollar prices. To this, Professor Chen said officials would go back and have a think. Meanwhile, the health minister also came under fire over suspected food poisoning cases at the Bennys Bay quarantine camp as pictures of the meals provided went viral on the internet. Professor Chen said if those at the camp didn't like what was provided by the government, they could always order their own takeaway meals. But non-establishment lawmaker Chen Chung-tai accused officials of being arrogant, saying they were treating people like inmates by giving them substandard food from a contractor he said was linked to a food poisoning outbreak in 2019. He spoke through an interpreter. Well, you could see with your naked eyes that it's a orange that has gone off. I don't think you should treat the um, people there like they are prisoners. The Department of Health, for its part, insisted that Danny Catering Services was selected through an established mechanism. The government had said it may prosecute the contractor over alleged food contamination at the camp last week. Official figures released today show Hong Kong's economy grew by 7.9% in the first quarter. That's slightly higher than the earlier estimate of 7.8% and ended six straight quarters of negative growth. But government economist Andrew Au says because of uncertainty over COVID-19, the full-year GDP growth forecast remains unchanged for now at a range between 35 and 5.5%. The global pandemic uh, still poses a kind of significant threat to the global economic outlook, and that is one of the reasons. The second reason is the export performance in Q1 was very strong. The increase year-on-year is uh, more than 50%. It's quite uncertain whether such a strong growth will, will continue in the coming quarters. But I have mentioned that if we're able to keep the local epidemic under control, then probably domestic demand will improve in the rest of the year. And if that happens, it will be very likely that the actual outturn will be close to the upper end of the range forecast, that is 5.5%. Chinese scientists are preparing to land a six-wheeled rover on Mars in the coming days. More details from the BBC's Celia Hatton. China's Tianwen mission to Mars is ambitious. It's attempting to complete, in a matter of months, three feats that the U.S. took years to accomplish. 
The Tianwen, or Questions to Heaven spacecraft, has been orbiting Mars since February. And as early as Saturday, Beijing time, it will attempt to land a craft through the planet's thin atmosphere and then use a rover to collect data on Mars topography, geology and climate. Once largely dismissed by the international community, China's space program has become a symbol of national pride. It plans to one day collect samples from Mars and even launch a crewed mission to the Red Planet. Palestinians in northern Gaza are seeking refuge after fleeing from Israel's heaviest bombardment to date. At least 119 people are now reported to have been killed in Gaza since Monday, while nine have died in Israel. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. Temporary shelters have been opened in Gaza City, which itself remains under attack for families fleeing the north of the territory. They brought what possessions they could carry in pickup trucks and on donkeys. They join hundreds of others who've had to leave their homes after Israel earmarked their buildings for destruction. They include some of the landmark towers in the city. The UN has warned that access to clean water in Gaza is at risk. The Israeli army says its air, sea and land bombardments are all aimed at eradicating the threat from Hamas and other Palestinian militants. No ground incursion has occurred as yet, but it very much remains an option. The latest mediation effort led by Egypt has reportedly ended without success, as Israel appears determined to further degrade Hamas's military capabilities before considering a ceasefire. To sports, Hong Kong's Sarah Lee has won gold at the UCI Track Cycling Nations Cup at the Velodrome in Cheongkwano. She beat Japan's Yuka Kobayashi in the final of the women's sprint competition with two wins in the best of three final. Lee earlier beat another Japanese rider, Fuko Umekawa, in the semis. It's the first time Lee's competed in an international competition in more than a year. This is the final warm-up ahead of this summer's delayed Olympic Games. And for a preview of this weekend's football action in England, here's the BBC's John Bennett. Chelsea and Leicester City have been battling it out for a place in the top four all season and now they meet in the FA Cup final. Both managers, Thomas Tuchel and Brendan Rodgers, are aiming to secure their first trophy in English football and Leicester are trying to make club history. Despite the fact that this will be their fifth FA Cup final, they've never won the oldest knockout competition in club football. The last time they made it to the final was way back in 1969. This season, there's been very little to separate Leicester and Chelsea. They're third and fourth in the Premier League, but back in January, Leicester did beat the Londoners 2-0 in what would prove to be Frank Lampard's last Premier League game before being sacked as Chelsea manager. Talking of the Premier League, this is the penultimate weekend of the season, but with relegation already decided and the title already won by Manchester City, the only real suspense is the race for Champions League qualification. West Ham and Liverpool can put pressure on Chelsea and Leicester City as they try to squeeze into the top four. Liverpool are away to already relegated West Bromwich Albion and West Ham have a tougher test as they travel to inconsistent Brighton. Those are some of the big games to look forward to this weekend. The BBC's John Bennett reporting. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The government freezes the assets of media mogul Jimmy Lai using Article 43 of the National Security Law. A mainland man is sent to jail for more than six years for stabbing a 19-year-old student in a row over a Lennon wall. And the long-awaited travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore looks set to be delayed. Again, the news from RTHK. From our newsroom, the voice of Todd Harding.
have the genius, a real good piano player, Richard Clayderman, and of course, uh, Green Sleeves. The vocal spotlight, Johnny Matthews. Love is illusion, a feeling result of confusion. With knowing smile and blase sigh, a cynical soul and so was I. I felt so sure, so positive, so utterly unchangingly certain that I never was aware. Till suddenly I realized there was love in you and I in this world of ordinary people, extraordinary. This role so new 